When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch put the for sale sign on Trey Lance. You guys will find out right after this. I think Marco froze, but it's he because froze, he's bowling up he with all of this, all of this anger. Absolutely. Welcome back to another episode. But uh, man, starting it off, man, like uh, it's it's news now. Trey Lance, he is the third string quarterback. Sam Darnold has been named the backup quarterback, the primary to Brock Purdy over Trey Lance. Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero broke the news earlier today on what should have been, you know, a quiet day. But no, 49ers, that's never the case. It's going to be an interesting conversation here with my man, Marco, and my guy, Sunil. How y'all doing, man? Fantastic. Oh, damn. Hey, Marco, I I think you might need to jump out, jump back in, man, because your connection is real shoddy. You've been, like, freezing in in mid-conversation. So I don't know if you see that on your side. Yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be right. All right, cool. Yeah, man. Obviously, a big, big uh, news day. I think we see we were seeing the writing on the wall, Rohan. You know, there's obviously a sentiment that we have as fans when we're behind a certain player. Um, and I, I know all of us on this stream, uh, including Marco, all big supporters of Trey Lance and, and wanted him, wanted the 49ers to necessarily do right by him and, you know, get, get a chance to see what he's really capable of. But uh, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the opportunity anymore. It does seem as if, you know, the 49ers may have something brewing in the in the back, in the background, uh, possibly already a trade on the on the books and, you know, maybe looking to get more compensation for him. But this ain't this, look, this ain't time for me to speak. There's only one voice I want to hear right now. And that voice is Let's Mr. Marco Martinez of Clutch Gene Sports, Marco. Give it to give it to him. The way the 49ers handled this this whole damn thing has been a shame. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch legit put themselves on the hot seat. Within two years, if they don't win a Super Bowl, they're gone. 
they're gone. If you you tied yourself, so what the 49ers should have done with Trey Lance is exactly what they just did with Brock Purdy. I give them props for what they did. If you really think Brock Purdy is the answer, the real deal, the chosen one who's in a savior franchise and win you a damn Super Bowl, then that's what you do. You trade Trey Lance, you get rid of him because you don't want the noise surrounding Trey Lance to bring pressure onto Brock Purdy because that's what it was. Let's be real. When Trey, when Trey Lance entered the game last last week, what did, what did the fans do? They got loud. Why? The fans want to see Trey Lance. Why are the fans on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, reacting how they are? They want to see Trey Lance. The organization told the fan base, you know what? I can't win a damn ring with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's constantly injured, and his, his play, the traits he has, the physical ability he has, I can't win with him. You trade up, you go get a guy who has the ability. Instead, you don't develop him. You get rid of him. Right? You know who they keep? A young kid who has the same abilities as Jimmy Garoppolo. Essentially, you're telling me, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo can win a ring with us, but I believe a younger Jimmy Garoppolo can win a ring with Ridiculous. You know, when, when the organization made the move, they fell because they never planned to play whatever rookie they were bringing in in 2021. Now, according to Ryan Hensley from, uh, from the Ryan G. Hensley show, he spoke to someone, and they said that the 49ers had made these plans to move off of Trey Lance prior to the training camp from the offseason, the moment the offseason started. That's a failure. You know, I know why. Trey Lance came in a different quarterback. The moment you had your mind made up when you signed Sam Darnold to be quarterback two and Trey Lance comes in as a completely different quarterback, you failed your organization. Going in close-minded absolutely is the worst thing you could possibly do. You traded for this kid in 2021, three first-round picks. When everyone retires, when Trent Williams is gone and all those guys, you better hope you can make up for when they're gone. Because Brock Purdy is now going to have to carry a team. Because you use three damn first-rounders first round, first, first rounders to get Trey Lance. The 49ers, I'm putting saying it now. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch just turned on their hot seat. And if they don't win a Super Bowl within the next two years, they will be gone. Now let me say this. Because we are getting new news from a very interesting presser that Kyle Shanahan's doing with KMBR. It is pre-recorded. It is pre-edited. Have they, have they released it yet? Uh, it is released at 4.50, but they released the first clip. Kyle Shanahan on KMBR, starting about 10 days ago, Sam really started to separate himself from Trey. That is what he. Uh, that is what Kyle Shanahan said. They haven't released the full interview, but... I knew, he was, I knew he was going to react this way. Kyle was a bum for that. Let me, let's be straight up. All right? I'm sorry, Rohan. Go ahead, go ahead and say it. But Kyle, was, everyone knew he was going to react this way and say, you know what? I mean, we love him. We love, we love Trey Lance. But it's not about how he reacted or how he played. It's, you know, Brock Purdy played really good. Get, get my head tripping. Go ahead, <laughs> Rohan. You can read it, though. But but essentially, yeah, it's uh, starting about 10 days ago, which puts in the timeline of the joint practices, puts in the timeline of the first preseason game. That was where Kyle Shanahan believed Trey Lance, uh, sorry, Sam Darnold separated himself. And I think when you look at the full discourse of how this offseason has gone, it's very intriguing. 
I'm going to go straight from the source. Matt Mayoko, who many view as the main 49ers beat reporter, the main 49ers guy inside the building, he said that after training camp, he said, going into camp, I believe that Sam Darnold had the edge on Trey Lance. After training camp, he personally believed that Trey Lance was the leader in the clubhouse for the number two role. Now, Kyle Shanahan did say the joint practices were, you know, were important, but it's intriguing to say that starting 10 days ago, Sam really separated himself. I, I don't I don't know if I buy that, just in general, just because when you look at the overall timeline, it's not that you're taking 10 days into account. In a matter of three months, you're taking the overall body of work. I think there are a lot better ways that he could have phrased this PR-wise. I'm not sure, you know. This is this is a very intriguing move from Kyle Shanahan this whole week. Yesterday, on his lone media day of the entire week prior to the third preseason game, what did Kyle Shanahan say? We're going to wait. We're going to wait until the first preseason game. For sure, a decision will not be made until the end of this week, until after this week is over. No, no and behold, he, he goes ahead. He says this uh, today. He announces it today. And for those of you saying it's not announced by Kyle, Guys, the reason this report's coming out is because Kyle told the quarterbacks. That's why the report's coming out. And, and you know, and you know what happened right away when he did tell the quarterbacks? I guarantee you Trey Lance's, Trey Lance's agent, which is the same agent as Sam Darnold, said, hey, you know what? We got to get you out of here. You need to develop. And the only way you develop is on a different team. Yeah. And I mean. So I think, so I think we got to unpack because we're going through a lot of stuff. And we're just, it, it just seems like a lot of just spewing of, uh, of hate right now and let me bring this back in reel this back in and let's 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 talk about it and try to work through this so first off to mention uh, let's let's combat what you just said rohan about why did um kyle shanahan make that statement and then immediately the next day all of a sudden these this news breaks i think grant has the best take on it grant that said that after that press conference what he believes happened this isn't sourced he believes that the same agent that you mentioned Sam Darnold and Trey Lance have the same agent, called the 49ers, called Kyle Shanahan and said, look, we're not doing this in the middle, uh, you know, you you letting you leading on both of my quarterbacks and not letting them know where they stand with the team. You have to make a decision so that we can make the right move for the other guy, right? So if um, Kyle Shanahan chose Trey Lance, I'm, I'm assuming Sam Darnold wouldn't have showed up to practice today um, but they ended up choosing uh, Sam Darnold, so Trey Lance didn't uh, end up showing up to practice today. And I'm sure behind the scenes, Trey Lance has already uh, requested a trade, and you know they're they're working on getting him off of the team. And it's probably going to be Purdy, Darnold, and then uh, Brandon Allen as the three quarterbacks for the 49ers. So that's one. Two about this decision. Now, there's a personal side of it because I'm a big Trey Lance fan. And then there's how how this what how, what this says for the 49ers, right? And Kyle Shanahan. Ultimately, what did we want to happen? We wanted Kyle Shanahan to finally make a decision, stop with all of this limbo and, and all that. And I think all of us are on the same page that it's not the decision that I wanted him to make, right? I wanted him to go with Trey Lance. However, that's not what he went with. And to your point, Marco, this probably is the right decision if you're 100% behind Brock Purdy, which it seems like this team is and Kyle Shanahan is. Now, I know that, you know, you guys aren't as high on Brock Purdy, but and, 
you know, a lot of a lot of the sentiment is he's just uh, uh, Jimmy Jimmy G uh, number two. However, I don't think he's at. I don't think he's. I think he's already better than Jimmy G. He's more elusive and, and things of that nature. I but mean, also, we can't. Let me, hey, Marco, let me finish, bro. Let me finish. Also, he's still extremely young. When we saw Jimmy, we saw Jimmy already being developed by the New England Patriots. He was what he was. To say that Brock Purdy can't get better at his age, but somehow Trey Lance can get better, um, that to me is unfair to Brock Purdy. I think that both of these quarterbacks need development. Now, is Trey Lance's ceiling higher than Brock Purdy's? I would probably say yes. However, there's no guarantee that Trey Lance was ever going to reach that ceiling here with the 49ers. And I think that right now the decision is whether you agree with it or not is I want to go with what I trust. I want to go with the floor versus the ceiling. And they the consensus is Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold's floor is much higher than Trey Lance's floor. And we've seen that in the offseason that Trey Lance is the best quarterback, makes the best plays, but he also makes the worst plays as well. So that's what the decision they went with, for better or for worse. And I agree with you, Marco. Now, I don't think there's any extensions. Now it's like you win a Super Bowl. These are all the people you selected, you chose, you 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 wanted us to get. You win with this team. Otherwise, you have to move on. You've had your chance here with the 49ers. No, yeah, what I, what I was going to push back on you, Sunil, was is saying Brock Purdy is better than Jimmy Garoppolo with only eight, seven, eight starts, right? It's kind of hard because we can't say that about any of the quarter. We don't know what he is yet. Really, mm-hmm. Realistically, that could have been his Lynn San- Jeremy Lin NBA, right? That could have been his Lynn Sanity season where he goes on an eight-game super fire and then goes back to downhill real life. What he was at Iowa State, you have to put that – I put that into consideration too. It's like, all right, this quarterback was drafted as Mr. Irrelevant for a reason, right? I don't think there's that many scouts and that many general managers that were that missed on him, right? Realistically – He's an outlier. So for me, I'm looking at him like, okay, well, you, you're right about he could get better. Absolutely. Uh, Brock Purdy could absolutely get better from what last year was. But the, the, the reality of that happening is slim, right? Because he's a seventh-round pick. Now his, his mindset and everything might get better, but his, his traits might not. His physical ability probably won't get better due to the UCL injury. That'll probably take a year or two to fully get right. And then you you also have the 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 size and the stature of him, so that's why I push back a little bit on it. But it's because you have such a small sample size, just like we did with Trey Lance. The small sample size, he needed the reps, right? So that's why I push back. I agree with you on everything else, though, but I do push back on him being 100% better than Jimmy Garoppolo at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, and yeah, you're, it's yet to be seen. I hope he is because ultimately that's what I think the 49ers are banking on. But I think this is also. Coupled with the other state, the other stuff that came out about Shanahan the other day when he was talking about his team building, Kyle Shanahan, for better or for worse, has a vision for how he wants to win with this team, and it's not necessarily from a Patrick Mahomes style quarterback. We it's it's from having a very elite defense, having a decent enough offense, and a decent enough special teams. Like he's he's he's. Going after the Tampa Bay team that won the Super Bowl, the Ravens team with Trent Dilfer that won the Super Bowl, he's not looking for uh, he's not looking to win with a quarterback like Mahomes or you know where the quarterback carries the team. And I think he's making all of those decisions for it. 
I think it's extremely fair for people to criticize that philosophy. And I think it's very fair for people to be like, you can't win that way because it doesn't happen that often. It's it's a very, very small chance that that happens. But for better or for worse, that's what Kyle Shanahan is doing. And once again, I, I want to reiterate, I think Marco's absolutely right that this decision, I'm sure Jed York is saying, you have the rest of your contract to figure this out. If you don't win a Super Bowl by that time, you know, we're going to move a, a, a different way. And to be honest, I'm not arguing with Jed York because at that point he would have given, you know, eight, 10 years to Kyle Shanahan to figure it out. It wasn't an unsuccessful uh, tenure because the team's, I think, culture shifted. The way that it's looked in the media now has shifted. It's it's turned back into a winning organization as far as constantly competing for a Super Bowl. But ultimately here, it's Super Bowl or bust. And after, you know, 10 years, if you still haven't won a Super Bowl, it's time to move on and, and let a new regime come in and try to figure it out. So I don't think that we could just be out. And, and I think there's a lot of the sentiment, Rohan, that the 49ers can't win a Super Bowl with this quarterback. If that's the case, we, now it's time to find out because I don't think anybody could confidently say that for all the reasons that we can, that people are um, defending Trey Lance. We don't know enough about any of these quarterbacks other than necessarily Sam Darnold to make a, 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 a statement either way. Ultimately, I'm a 49er fan. I'm wearing the captain's jersey right now because they sent him out there uh, like a like a um, like one of those pirates at the end of the ship, just like yo, take this for the team type of thing. But uh, ultimately, now it's get 100% behind Brock Purdy. Hope that this he can stay healthy the whole season and see what he could do um, because obviously the team looked really good under him last season. Now here's uh, my my kind of take on the situation. It's different kind of than both of yours. I know Marco has his his take. Um, obviously, he he's not afraid of any smoke. So Neil, you have your level headed take. My situ my 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 take oh, on the situation. I, I like I like how he throws in Sunil, you're level headed, but I got the smoke. <laughs> you emotional, Marco. You emotional, Marco. No, the emotional takes the emotional kind of response does always bring out the most genuine takes, which is exactly what we want on this show. Oh, so now I'm fake. Now my takes fake. I'm eating my own words here. I'm going to shut up, but no, talking about what I think here, the 49ers, when they, when they, when they got in this situation, this off season, my main issue is one personally, I thought that Trey Lance outplayed Sam Donald in, in, in training camp and in the preseason combined. That's kind of my main argument. I don't, I think the, the choice to go at Sam Donald over Trey Lance, that's where I question it. Now I've been hinting at this for a while. I'm not emotional in that sense, in that I, I, I totally understand that this is a complete reality. And I've been hinting at this for a few weeks now that we've seen Trey Lance and Sam Donald, you know, um, uh, go uh, alternate reps. Now, the thing is, to me, what I wanted to see from Trey Lance this offseason was really for him to overwhelm me, for him to really put a stranglehold not only in that quarterback two position, but potentially show that he could be a starter in this offense. And unfortunately to me, he didn't do that. He didn't uh, like he he didn't overwhelm me. He had some really high ups, some really low downs, and some days in the middle. You know, it was an inconsistent overall uh, training camp for Trey Lance, and that's why the 49ers have come to this take. But I also think that they've been looking to move off of him for the entirety. Uh, like unless not the entirety, but for the majority of the offseason, understanding that when Brock Purdy uh, returned healthy, I think that you know that was a that was a realistic possibility. 
a completely realistic possibility. They've been shipping him even back in, uh, in, in April. You know, they, they've been looking at a potential Trey Lance trade for a good portion of time. Now, the main gripe that I have is truly with the way that this entire situation has gone about. Because if we're being honest, this is one of the worst trades in NFL history, if not the worst trade in terms of the amount of value that you can recoup in this. Because I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, go go about the snake and say, look, this is what Miami did with those three first round picks. But when you look at that loaded top heavy or top of the uh, first round of that 2021 draft. There are significant talents that the 49ers passed up on to secure Trey Lance, who ended up starting only four games for them. You can say the same about the 2022 and 2023 first round picks where, you know, you're losing significant value. And I understand the 49ers have drafted very well elsewhere to where they've still managed to sustain a significant roster. But truly, ultimately, that does not matter unless you have a Super Bowl in your hands. You can continue to develop and sustain talent and continue to draft well in certain rounds. But if you can't capitalize on the most important pick of the entire draft, then that is an issue. And the 49ers failed to do that not only in one draft, but in the 2021 draft, the 2022 draft, and the 2023 draft that hampered their potential ability to reach a Super Bowl, be it with Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, whoever it was, be it at quarterback. That is my main gripe with the situation and why this is ultimately one of the worst trades ever in NFL history. When you look at the amount of draft value, when you look at the precedent the 49ers set, trading up from 12 to 3, this is more value than any other team had given up in a similar move up. And this is not the first time we've seen some team move from 12 to 3. We saw the Kansas City Chiefs move up from 27 to 10. We've seen teams move into the top five for a similar thing, for a quarterback. We've seen even, you know, we've seen significant jumps in the first round. But the value returned has clearly not been there for the 49ers, and that is going to haunt them, especially if they can't close out the Super Bowl window, which I have said is going to extend for the next two seasons before they're going to need some level of a reset from their current core players before moving on. That is my main issue. My main issue isn't with necessarily this offseason, because I do believe that Trey Lance personally hasn't proved enough for me to be comfortable in saying, yes, that is your quarterback too. I also don't think Sam Darnold has moreover won the job. I thought that Trey Lance slightly was better when when thinking about the entirety of the work that Trey Lance has put through in comparison to what Sam Donald's put through. I understand the situation to go through it, but really my gripe with the situation is the overarching theme where the 49ers screwed up. And I'm going to 100% agree with everything Rohan just said because Rohan was preaching right now. The way he said how this is arguably, right, and I'm not going to say this is the, uh, uh, I'm not going to say Trey Lance is a bust just yet because his career is not over, right? There's a lot of people like, oh, that it's the biggest bust in NFL. No, no, no. His career is not over, right? So I do agree this is the worst trade up in NFL history. And the reason I think that is is because when you trade up all that draft capital and you take the guy that you know is going to need time to develop, and instead of actually giving him that time to develop, you're like, ah, I don't know about that, big dog. Hey, I, I drafted you, but hoping uh, you could develop on the practice field. Like, that's not going to work. It's never how any quarterback works. So I 100% agree with you. I do want to ask you guys a, a question. Um, you guys, do you guys put this more on the organization, or do you guys put this on Trey Lance for how he has not developed? Because I 100% think it was organization malpractice. If you're going to take a quarterback who needs the reps, and everyone knew it, he was the, the, the youngest, the rawest quarterback that you can mold and we all thought that's why Kyle got him. It's moldable clay, right? I think the 49ers failed 
Trey Lance. I don't think Trey Lance failed the 49ers. The 49ers failed Trey Lance. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, once again, Marco, you know I love you, and I think you're smarter than me when it comes to football takes. But I think this is emotional, bro, because we're, it's revisionist history. If you look no, at what – I mean, and I'll, and I'll explain. Let's talk about what actually happened in the three years that Trey Lance had. Year one, he, he was coming off of not playing football for a whole year. Like you mentioned, youngest quarterback coming from D2, was only averaging 16 throws per game at NDSU. They tried to give him opportunity to really win that job away from Jimmy Garoppolo, who had just taken the team to an NFC championship game the year before. And in that Chargers combined practice, he didn't look good enough to where the team would buy in that Jimmy G like could be back up to this kid. Right. And it's not abnormal to have a, a, a young quarterback sit behind a vet for a year and then start him the next year. That second year, it was all Trey Lance. He got that he was the bona fide starting quarterback. They they locked Jimmy out of the practice facility. They when he they did let him in, he wasn't even practicing with the team. He was on the sideline doing all that. Trey Lance had all the first team reps in, in training camp. Trey Lance was the bona fide starter. And the goal was to start him for the whole year. Unfortunately, his first game was in a monsoon. The second game, after three plays, he had a season-ending injury. If it was just Jimmy G coming back and he played that whole year, I have no doubt in my mind that Trey Lance would be the starter this year. He would have gotten all the offseason and all that. But that wasn't what happened. Rock Purdy, another rookie, came in and had a really, really remarkable run. He won a bunch of games, won two playoff games. The team looked really, really good underneath him. And so at that point, even Trey Lance at the end of last season was doing interviews saying, I know I'm not QB1. I have to earn this position from uh, Brock Purdy. He deserves to be QB1 right now because he's won with this team. He's done more with this team than I have. That was Brock Purdy. I mean, Trey Lance's own words. Now, where I think there's fair criticism, Marco, is the way that they've handled this offseason would not get with what I would have done different than what they did was okay you bring in Sam Darnold because obviously we don't know what Brock Purdy's health is right and you need a viable backup quarterback but I'm treating Trey Lance as my QB one and when Brock till Brock Purdy gets healthy when Brock Purdy gets healthy I'm treating Trey Lance as my QB two and giving him those reps based off of that's the view of mine unfortunately that's not what they did but ultimately now they've made a choice. Their job isn't to develop Trey Lance anymore. Their job is to develop Brock Purdy. And I think that's what this decision is basically saying, um, that our focus now is on Brock Purdy. We're going to just stick with the veteran as our backup quarterback. And obviously they're looking to, you know, probably move Trey Lance. But I think that this narrative that the 49ers haven't tried to develop Trey Lance is a little bit uh, revisionist history because ultimately they've they've treated Trey like – other teams have with the young quarterback. The only difference was another quarterback stepped up that they didn't expect that played really, really well with this team. And that usually oh. doesn't happen. Okay, I'm going to ask Real you a quick, quick question. For you. What do you mean by, like, you, you're saying how other teams have treated quarterbacks similarly. That's exactly what I was going to ask. My bad. So yeah. most, so most, mo- a lot of uh, teams have drafted a rookie quarterback, sat him behind a veteran that, that uh, for a year, and then made them the starter the next year. 
which okay. is exactly what the 49ers did. Um, that's what I, that's what I meant. Like, there's a lot of teams that develop their rookie quarterback that way. And just just and, just so everyone knows in the chat, when me when me and Sunil are going back and forth, it's nothing personal. Me and me is my not. boy right there. Just I've seen people like, oh, I already seen two comments. Um, I'm gonna ask you a question because I I know I love the follow up that Rohan had. Which quarterbacks are you talking about? Because the only quarterbacks that come to mind are Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, and those are Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So if we're really looking at quarterbacks that have sat behind a, a, a QB1 and then came in after that and actually have succeeded, there hasn't been that many. There isn't one you can name off the top of your head. And like that yeah, dude I mean, I could you know mention I mean? that, like guys that uh, – so I could mention guys that didn't start straight up from year one in recent memory, Jalen Hurts. Lamar, but he was Lamar. he was getting reps his, his first year, wasn't he? He got they they ended up starting him because that yeah, starting started. quarterback ahead of him wasn't winning games, right? That wasn't the case with Jimmy G. They were they were making a playoff push. So that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a, it's a different circumstance. If Jimmy G was lo- if the team wasn't about to make the playoffs, wasn't on that run that they were doing under Jimmy G, don't you think that Trey Lance would have come in? I think so, he would have. But the, but but all of those and so you 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 wanted me to mention names. We're seeing it with Jordan Love right now. Lamar Jackson wasn't a starter week one. Jalen Hurts wasn't a starter week one. You mentioned Patrick Mahomes. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers. It happens a lot. That's what I'm saying. It happens a lot where the the starting quarterback, that rookie, it doesn't start week one. It's actually more of a newer phenomenon where they're starting these rookie quarterbacks immediately because they're a little more pro-ready and all that kind of stuff. But even if you go farther into history, a rookie – isn't usually the week one starter when they're drafted, even if they're drafted in the first round. So I'm going to push back on that because Jalen Hurst wasn't a first round pick. He was a second round pick, which makes sense. Jordan Love sat for so long. We don't even know what he is yet. He sat for so many years behind Rodgers. We don't know what he is yet. Um, Lamar Jackson was taken at the 32nd overall pick. The reason why I say it's uh, uh, organizational malpractice is because I personally thought, and I know a lot of people thought, Trey Lance should have been starting year one. Even... The moment you traded up to get him is the moment you told the the entire team, entire organization, we don't believe in tra- uh, in Jimmy Garoppolo. The moment you did that is the moment you should have said, "Hey, I gotta get this guy out of here or make him my QB two, and I gotta roll with this young kid because this kid needs the reps. He needs it, and, and I believe in it. And if you put that confidence in the organization, in the in the in the team, and you say, "Hey, let's stick with it." This kid right here will be a reason we win a Super Bowl. If you preach that to your to your your team, your team's gonna buy in. Instead, he didn't. He he let them compete. Everyone who was there was saying, "Hey, Trey Lance is winning this competition at the moment." They were getting ready to start him, and instead, he was like, "Hey, um, you know what? We're not gonna start Trey Lance, right?" That's why I'm saying no practice because then you bring him in at year two, and he hasn't had the the development as a passer like he's Kyle wanted now Kyle starts to use him as as a runner in between the tackles something he didn't rarely he rarely did in college so for me that's why I see it as malpractice because you still don't know what Trey Lance is yet you traded up all that all those picks to get and he could become an amazing quarterback and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up what 49ers throwback said shout out to Lewis Riddick on ESPN he said I don't care what Brock Purdy has returned to you you cannot trade three first-round picks and a second, and not have people have, and not have people have to answer for mismanagement of Trey Lance. I agree. the 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 top of the top need to be able to answer this question. They need to be able to answer why did you guys mismanage Trey Lance? And that's Kyle Shanahan, and that's John Lynch. Because 
when you take a quarterback who needed the development, essentially you had to play him year one. Everyone else in that draft class who needed the development, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, um, immediately played, right? And they were, they were I get, and I, I, I know what you're going to say, well, they were on shitty teams. We were a Super Bowl-ready team. But that Super Bowl-ready team didn't even believe in the damn quarterback they went to the NFC Championship game with. Well, that's where that's – so I agree with you. They didn't believe in him, but they also couldn't get off of him, right? So the, the plan was in two years they were going to make the decision to get off of him. They couldn't get off of him in that year that they drafted Trey Lance, right? The money didn't make sense and no, all that No, they could have monetarily got it off of him. That They, they could have done that. But go ahead. In terms of the decision – I, yeah. I can see what you mean. Go ahead. Yeah, so, like, the goal, the, the ultimate goal for them drafting Trey Lance, in my eyes, was he was always going to be a two-year, like, starting in his second year. They were going to go one more year with Jimmy G, right? He just came off the NFC Championship game. They ended up still playing really, really well with Jimmy G, right? They made it to another NFC Championship. I forget what, what and how it ended, but I think it ended in another NFC Championship game. Um, And then and then they, they did what the plan was. Like ultimately, they could if if they wanted to even make it more confusing, they could have still had that battle for QB one with Trey Lance and Jimmy G coming off of an NFC Championship game. But they made the choice. No, this is Trey Lance's team. He's QB one. I just I where where like quote unquote malpractice. If the decision is hey, you should have started him a year before. Okay, I don't know if that's necessarily malpractice. I think circumstances change the trajectory because Brock Purdy they ended up drafting Brock Purdy usually people don't have a Brock Purdy on their team that could go into playoff games most people don't have that sitting as their third string quarterback this is like Willie Beeman from <laughs> from, uh, <laughs> from you know what I mean like it, it doesn't happen right and and you know you got you got whatever coach or champ or whatever they were calling that other first string quarterback like that was the always the decision right so i just think that emotionally it is easy because we all want trey lance and you're right look the three first round picks that also that hurts unfortunately my, my betting if i was a betting man the 49ers would have made the wrong picks with those first round picks anyways because they tend to do that right out of all the first round picks that they have most of them aren't on the team anymore or didn't ever live up to what they were other than Bosa and Ayuk. Those are the only two that have kind of lived up to a first round draft pick out of the people that they picked in the first round since 2017. So yeah, but you still want to have that chance at least, but a lot of people are just going at it being like, yo, he, they didn't develop them the right way. I'm looking at it like a lot so of people develop them the same way. It just, he got injured. So if you were to develop Trey Lance, and it's, so I want, I want to hear your, your method of if you were to develop him, how would you have gone about it developing him? Would you have used him as a runner in between the tackles or used him more of a, as a play-action kind of quarterback, or how would you have developed him and to make it not Kyle Shanahan's fault on how he developed him? I don't know. I, I, I don't know about that. Like, to be honest, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think that Kyle Shanahan was making him uh, uh, between the tackles runner. I think he got injured on a play between the tackles, but that wasn't necessarily how they were quote unquote developing him. I think if you looked at the rest of that game plan, when Jimmy G went in, um, because that was only after the third play, the first 15 plays are scripted. All of them were really passing plays and things like that, that would have been called for, for Trey Lance. So I don't, I don't, I think that ultimately we're still nitpicking based off of what happened versus seeing the bigger picture of what was the plan moving forward. So 
Um, if he didn't get injured, I don't think that we would be looking at Trey Lance in his second year as Kyle Shanahan was uh, developing him like a running in between the tackles quarterback. Now I will say this because I think that this is an intriguing uh, statement and I'll, I'll preface it or I'll preface it with what I'm going to say and then go ahead with my take. I think that if any quarterback in this 49ers situation of Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, or Justin Fields were placed in the exact same situation, it ends up in the exact same result. I think the Absolutely. only quarterback who would have been immune to this was Mac Jones, and I have other reasoning for this. Now, talking on the way the 49ers would have developed it, I'll say this. I, I was not I, – I didn't hate the first-year plan. I didn't hate it because I, I thought, you know, uh, given how other people around Trey Lance spoke that it would be helpful for him to sit one year, then, you know, that could be that could be a case. However, the thing that I didn't like about what the 49ers did was their indecisiveness to remain in two different worlds. They thought that they could really win the best of both worlds when in reality that hadn't been done in the past. And it's not only just staying with Jimmy Garoppolo and allowing Trey Lance to develop. It's the inability to move off one way or another. The 49ers' disdain for Jimmy Garoppolo was very clear. In 2020, first of all, they were very linked to Tom Brady, eventually decided to remain with Garoppolo. In 2021, they went first for Matthew Stafford, struck out because the Los Angeles Rams came in and swooped in at the last minute, and they went as low as looking to sign Andy Dalton and backup-level quarterbacks, understanding that they were going to make a trade-up to number three and select a quarterback. They were going that low. It's only after not being able to agree to a deal cheap enough for a backup quarterback of their liking that they decided to remain with Garoppolo. The 49ers issue is they were never committed to going through and executing the plan that this amount of draft capital would have required. That is the area where I have an issue with them. I don't have an issue with them ex like um, because the plan going into it was the real issue. The execution of it, you know, went along as they as they thought. You know, Trey Lance sit one year, Jimmy Garoppolo play. But the plan itself, that is my main issue because that plan is not sustainable, especially when you're involving as much draft capital as the 49ers did. If you are trading three first round picks to move up to number number, you know, number three overall, or sorry, three first round picks to move up from twelve to three overall, you need to make sure you're committed to that quarterback because there is no other situation in the entirety of NFL history that a that a team has gone up like that, gone forward with the quarterback, and you know, not given them the not given them the keys to the franchise in a way. And I think the biggest issue that the 49ers did was guess what? It's again living in this two worlds, but too scared to enact in either world. What do I mean by that? Well, guess what? They didn't end up getting Stafford. They didn't end up going ahead and signing a backup quarterback for Trey Lance. And the other part is they traded up a full month ahead without knowing who they were going to select at quarterback. That was the biggest issue of all of them. You cannot go up a full month ahead without fully knowing which quarterback you are going to select. Teams don't go up doing that. Teams go up saying, guess what? This is my guy. I'm going to go ahead and get him that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get that guy. But they were afraid that other teams, hence the Carolina Panthers who were in talks to acquire number three, and other teams were going to leap them that they made the impulsive decision to go up to number three and trade the most that any team has ever done in a trade-up. That was the issue with the plan. 
that was the thing where once once you submitted that trigger, once you pulled the trigger on that, you had to be fully committed to that plan. The 49ers did not. Instead, they stuck with their old plan of trying to live through two worlds, and they executed that one, but it was the wrong decision, and that is why the 49ers are currently where they are right now. Absolutely. So I'm going to go through some some chats because the, the the fans that are in, in the chat, uh, appreciate seeing one of you guys. Make sure you guys subscribe to all of the channels. We got so real Sunil in here, Rohan in here, and myself. Make sure you guys are subscribed to each of our channels. Really appreciate it. So I'm gonna go through it real quick. Just fly through. Franchise has peaked without a good QB. Kyle can't find one. Uh, he's proven that over seven years. So many good legit QBs came into the league since Kyle took over. Um, Robin Pratt. I hear a big boo fest coming Friday night by the fans. That would be very interesting if the fans do boo when Sam Darnold comes onto the field. I would be like, whoa. I think but it'll happen. You think so? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Fans are emotional, man. And Trey Lance, Trey Lance had the fans, man. People were behind him. So ultimately, this is I, – I genuinely, for however way I'm defending – not defending, but I'm, I understand it. I genuinely felt sad when I saw the report. Like, dang, this is happening to Trey Lance. Like, I really wanted him to be here. But ultimately, like, you know – whether you, I agree with it or not, I think we're finally seeing what Kyle Shanahan's vision is for this team. Uh, we have Jay. Y'all just scared about Tom Sula, but Tom Sula, but we are still not winning a Super Bowl with Kyle when he's aiming for a Brad Johnson. That's a when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, the way Kyle came out, what's in, you know the most interesting part about this comment is Kyle literally came out like a few days ago or whatever, like that article or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I, the kind of way I see it is I don't, I'm not looking for a, uh, an elite quarterback. I'm looking for a quarterback like any name, a couple of quarterbacks, uh, Trent Dilfer and stuff like that, and name like teams. Is he trying to win a Super Bowl with a roster that has like a quarterback that isn't as good but has a stacked defense to be like, yeah. My offense did that. See, Marco, I don't think it's that. Do you remember when Kyle Shanahan in 2017 did the press conference when he first took the job? One of the things that he mentioned was he was hesitant to take the job initially because they didn't have a franchise quarterback. And I think that Kyle Shanahan understands that his biggest biggest weakness is evaluating the quarterback's position. I don't think he's good at it. And I think he, he knows he's not good at it. So when he's looking at, I think a lot of people are looking that he's only looking for this mid quarterback because it's an ego thing and all this kind of stuff. I just don't think Kyle Shanahan has that ability of knowing what a good quarterback looks like. If a good quarterback is with him, he's going to make that good quarterback look great. 
But as far as identifying them through the draft and evaluating them, he's not good at it. And Rohan, one thing you you didn't you didn't mention about what they were doing that original package, I think was to go and get Deshaun Watson. But unfortunately, yeah, Deshaun Watson ended up having all the off the field issues. So the pivot was to go up in the draft because the minute that that Deshaun the Watson news broke. It was a couple days later, and then the 49ers traded up to go to the number three. That's a little piece of context that was missing. They were going after a veteran quarterback that has already been proven. That's what they ideally wanted. Remember, in the draft, they tried to go get Aaron Rodgers as well, but um, ultimately they couldn't. They struck out on and on um, on uh, Matt Stafford. Deshaun was uh, they didn't want to touch that, nor should they have. Aaron Rodgers wasn't available, so they ended up. You know, this was their, like, back backup. And then, once again, Kyle Shanahan got excited about a quarterback that ultimately didn't pan out the way that, you know, we wanted it to. To, to what you said right now, Sunil, I 100% agree. I think Kyle Shanahan can't see what a good quarterback looked like. And it's exactly why the 49ers got lucky into drafting uh, Brock Purdy because it right. wasn't Kyle who found him. It was – uh, Brian Greasy. Probably Adam Peters. <laughs> it, was actually, it was actually Brian Greasy who actually found him. I was like, hey, this kid's actually pretty good. Um, so for me, that that's what's interesting is like, hey, Kyle got lucky into drafting this guy. Like they weren't going to draft him, but then realized, oh, actually, he's going to get claimed. He's going to get signed as an undrafted agent immediately. We should probably just draft him with the last pick anyways. He's probably come in, uh, make our practice squad. Like they didn't really think he was going to be good. So right. to me, it's like if you didn't think he was going to be good, and then you take him as Mr. Irrelevant, like, I don't know. I mean, hopefully he is good. This is a good question. I want uh, you two both to answer. Can someone tell me which QB lasted more than three years as a starter with a subpar arm? Uh, off the top of my head, like, I, I don't know the definition necessarily of subpar. Like, is it like, are you thinking like, 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 because because there are quarterbacks who don't necessarily have elite arm strength and have made a living in the NFL, right? I think that's what they're. I think that's what they're talking about. Like not elite arm strength, so like maybe above average or average arm strength. Like if you're talking about elite, or I mean, uh, not elite. I mean, just names right uh, right at the bat that have been amazing. Tom Brady doesn't have elite arm strength. I would say his arm is elite, though. The, the arm, arm the talent is elite. The... I wouldn't say the arm strength, though, is elite. I think that it's mixed up with his impeccable timing and accuracy that in, that improves it. Drew Brees could be a name there that you could throw out. But again, all of these guys were able to hit the deep ball at portions of their career. Like, despite not having elite arm strength, it's because of the entire measure of traits that allowed them to hit the deep ball. It's not like they have poor arm strength either. So... You know, that's why it's tough to, to say, what, what are you thinking about subpart arm? Because I think that there are quarterbacks, you know, who don't necessarily have the strongest arm who have played for a good portion of the NFL. Um, name a top five QB who sat on the bench coming out of the draft. I don't remember I mean, that many. Mahomes, I guess. Mahomes. Well, he will, Mahomes was drafted 10th. I think they're like, they think this. Oh, a top, so top like five top QB pick, who yeah, sat yeah. on the bench. Top five um, pick. That's a good question. I mean, if you I look at it, because top five, top five QB. If you're looking, right if you're saying Rogers top six, Justin Herbert's one, but there were already rumors prior to week one that he was going to start at some point during the season. They were just mm -hmm. waiting to hand him the keys. He was top six. If it wasn't for the, if it wasn't for the puncture of the lungs by the, by their team doctors, he doesn't he doesn't see the field week one. But 
No, um, no, I don't say I didn't think week one. I mean uh, that year itself, not because when you think about it, I, I, he would have played it at least. Did Mar- Mariota start week one? I don't know. Like, I mean, I it's not did. it's not normal, but it, it's also once again name a top five quarterback that didn't play their the year before they got drafted a full year of football. Like, we could go we could go back and forth about um, you know what is precedent and oh, what is not precedent, you know? The, the KMBR uh, uh, full Kyle Shanahan video is going to be being released right now. It's 4.50. But in the meantime, I'm not going to be listening to it. You guys probably – you guys can. I'll talk away while you guys mute the TV or mute the <laughs> screen, um, and I'll talk away. Um, I want to ask, do you guys think – and this is a question that it has to be answered, right? Like it's – if you're going away from Trey Lance and you're going to Brock Purdy, is Brock Purdy the real deal? I so once said, again, go, go ahead, ahead, actually, first, Neil. Well, go ahead. I was going to say, it once again, it's like we have to judge it based off of Kyle Shanahan's vision of what this team is going to look like, right? So ultimately, I think the biggest point, and I think we all agree on this, Marco, and you made it very early in the show, what this decision has done is make it so that Kyle Shanahan has the rest of his contract, if that, to basically to basically win a Super Bowl, um, to earn another contract. Without a Super Bowl, I doubt he earns another contract. So if this is just the 49ers' vision, uh, or Kyle Shanahan's vision of what it's going to take to win a Super Bowl, I think Brock Purdy is the real deal, quote-unquote, in this system because he does exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants his quarterback to do. He'll make the reads that Kyle Shanahan wants him to make, He's going to make the plays that Kyle Shanahan wants him to make. You could already tell that the relationship that him and Brock Purdy have, the way Brock Purdy used to talk about Kyle Shanahan, it's very like, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, man, uh, you know, kind of thing. Like, I just believe that uh, Kyle Shanahan sees the quarterback that'll run his system the way he wants it to be run in Brock Purdy more than uh, maybe he saw in Trey Lance. Now, what about I you, Ron? This. Um, going on to, you were saying, essentially saying, Bro- is Brock Purdy the real deal? And then My what I mean answer, by the real deal is, is he, is he, yeah. I should have re- uh, rephrased that, reworded that. Can he be is the he guy the that can lead you to the Super Bowl? Yeah, he's the franchise guy. And I've already said this, um, and it's, it, it's a bold take compared to other people. I don't believe the 49ers have that guy on their roster. I honestly don't. For the 2023 season. I think if you placed either of these three quarterbacks at the moment, like my point is I don't feel confident in any of the three quarterbacks that the 49ers currently roster to win them a Super Bowl at this moment. That is my take on it. And some people will disagree. Some people believe Brock Purdy's that guy. Some people believe Trey Lance is that guy. At this point, based on what I saw this offseason and based on what I've seen so far this preseason, I don't believe the 49ers have that guy. I think they can get there. In terms of getting to the Super Bowl, getting to the NFC Championship, I don't think that they have it all. I don't think they have what it takes to win it in 2023 with the quarterback options they're currently presented. That is why I all ultimately think that it is a realistic possibility that Kirk Cousins is the 49ers quarterback in 2024, regardless of whether fans want to hear it or not. That is something that I've put out there on the timeline before, but... As for this year specifically, I am not confident in either of the three quarterback options based on what I've seen thus far in training camp and preseason. He said Kirko Banks. He said Kirko. He said, hey, yo, Kyle, call Kirko. Oh, my God. 
Kirk I'll also, come, man. I also, Marco, don't think that the quarterback is going to be the reason. I agree. Like, we said this on the show, I think, last week when we did the show together. I said I don't think any of these quarterbacks are the franchise quarterback. I personally think that the roster around this quarterback is going to make any one of these quarterbacks look successful and primarily uh, Christian McCaffrey. I think Christian McCaffrey is the perfect running back for a Kyle Shanahan system, and he makes the game so much easier for anybody that plays quarterback. So do I think this team could win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold? I would say yes, because Kyle Shanahan's system with CMC, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, I think there's just a lot of talent there mixed with this defense that the window is very small. There's a small margin of error. Things do have to break your way, but if they do, I think you could win. Now, can they just win with mistakes and all that kind of stuff? No, they don't have uh, Mahomes that could just make up for mistakes, but if they play clean brand of football, which is extremely hard to do, uh, I think they can win. But like you said, it's extremely hard to do. Now, I have something that I want to ask both of you. And it's something you didn't that let is, me answer if I think he's the real deal or not. Because cool. you keep freezing, Marco. We have the next Joe Montana. Man, the 49ers are about to win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy, bro. Nah, I don't think he's the real deal. I, I was messing with y'all. Let's be real. I'm not, not going to answer the question. Sorry. Now, I got one for y'all, though. It's something that I've thought about a lot recently, especially now today, that the news is broke. And it's a it's a it's a hard question because I think that you know some might have differing answers, but it's a Trey Lance question back on the plan, and my question is what truly changed between 2021 to 2022 where you were that confident to name Trey Lance your starter week one in 2022 without any competition compared to 2021? What truly changed? Like, did Jimmy Garoppolo make any significant change in his career? In 2021, that made you move want to move off of him that year. What truly was the what's the was the deciding factor? Because in 2020, Garoppolo was coming off an injury, right? It's not like he had a good 2020 season. He had arguably his worst year in a 49er uniform, apart from the torn ACL year, because you know he was injured for half the year. He had high ankle sprain. He continued to recurrently have those lower body injuries that had plagued him early in his career with the 49ers as well. He's coming. He, he's essentially coming off that season without experience with that with that in that specific year what changed to completely alter your mo from making him the backup to your starter Sunil, go ahead i don't i don't think that anything changed i think they've been constantly trying to replace jimmy garoppolo every single offseason and they just didn't find the right quarterback to do it like i mentioned trey lance was probably option three um, or trading up to draft the quarterback in that draft was option three. Option one, I think, was Deshaun Stevenson. Uh, option two was uh, Matt Stafford. Trey Lan- uh, it ended up being Trey Lance, but trading up for a quarterback was number three. But they also, when the Aaron Rodgers stuff started coming out, they tried to go get Aaron Rodgers. In 2020, they they shopped. Is that on my side? or? Oh, no, my bad. That might have been me. Might have been me. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Marco's so bored by my takes now. He's over here playing games with his coffee cup. Um, uh, When I get get anxious, I I sound like fiddling, you know what I mean? Um, In 2020, right, everybody was flirting with Tom Brady. Um, I think actually every single season that 
that Jimmy Garoppolo was on the team, every single offseason it seemed like there was another quarterback that the 49ers were talking to or whatever the case may be. So I don't know if there was anything specifically that changed other than they finally found somebody that they wanted to pull the trigger on or were able to pull the trigger on. I think what changed would be his injury. Because you said from 2021 to 2022, right? From Lance's rookie year to a sophomore season. Yeah. I think what changed is you already had said F you to Jimmy Garoppolo like so hard the year before when he traded up to number three overall. It was like, you can't run it back with this guy. He has to be your QB2 if you do. And, I mean, the league kind of told us what they thought about Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, 2021, they go to the NFC Championship. They Teams are trying to trade for him, but no one wanted to give up a second or a third-round pick. That kind of shows what Jimmy Garoppolo was in a way, right? Like, And to me, that's what worries me about the Brock Purdy situation because I see them as very similar quarterbacks. And when I first saw Jimmy Garoppolo in 2017, when I was actually watching him, they remind me they remind me of each other. Um, he reminds me of a healthy Jimmy G prior to his ACL. That's who I get the. That's why I say he's Jimmy G 2.0 in a way. And I and I'm not hoping he fails. I really hope he is very successful, and I hope he wins. Um, because I'm a Niner fan at the end of the day, man. Like end of the day, now do I think the Niners do everything perfect? No, but I think it would have to be Jimmy Garoppolo the way they did Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and I think that's what changed the most. So can I ask you guys both a question? Because of course you could ask us a question. Thank Why you, are you man. Asking? I appreciate that. I asked the question just to be polite because this is your show. I'm invited on. I don't want to take over things. Bro, but... you're, you're on, on, on. Let me, let's, put it, let's put it this way. When I invite people on, it's not my show. I, I invite you on to co-host it, so it's both of our damn show, all right? I love you, Marco. I love you, Rohan. So in the time, let's say the last four years, where the quarterback, starting quarterbacks have been Jimmy G and let's say Brock Purdy, right? That have been the bulk of the play. The 49ers have gone to a Super Bowl and two NFC Championship games. That is much better than 98% of the league, right? As far as the amount of success a team has had in that same time frame. Tell me what, because uh, the easy answer is to be like, oh, you just need this huge upgrade at uh, quarterback, and that's going to be the reason why you win a Super Bowl, right? That's the easy answer. Tell me outside of that because, look, there's not this – Patrick Mahomes isn't walking through that door. You know, Joe Burrow so. isn't walking through that door. You know what I mean? So what can the 49ers do with what the options they have right now to take that next step? Is Because I don't think the answer is just it's not going to happen. Because if it's not going to happen, that means Kyle Shanahan isn't our quarter, isn't our coach in a couple of years. Lynch is gone, and we're starting from a new, a new regime, and we got to go through those growing pains all over again. What, what is it that? Because if you're that close, what is the deciding factor? Without the answer just being, you just need a, a, a franchise starting quarterback. If you want a solution. I've already said I don't believe the 49ers are going to win a Super Bowl in 2023 because I don't think the quarterback, uh, the starting quarterback will change. I don't think their room changes, and I don't feel confident in the guys currently to win you a Super Bowl. So my current plan, if the 49ers truly want to win a Super Bowl, and that is their number one goal, it's Super Bowl or bust like they've been, like they've been outlining for the past few seasons. You go out, you sign Kirk Cousins next year to a three-year deal on a backloaded contract 
And guess what? That means his cap hit for the first year is not going to be that expensive. You're going to guarantee him a lot of upfront money, but his cap hit won't be that expensive. 2024 is the last year in this window where you can truly go out and try and get a Super Bowl. Why? Because 2024 is the last year where you can stomach both Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel on your roster. 2024 is the last year where you're not going to have to cut an exodus amount of players out of your current core to, you know, to make space, uh, to make cap space. Because next year is when you see the 49ers continually doing what they're doing, it's they're pushing money in the uh, back and back, but they don't want to push too much money back, which means there are certain years where they're just going to have to take the brunt of the cap. And that might be next year where you have six, seven, eight players making top of the line money. And that is at the, the, the peak of their contracts. So next year, I honestly think the number one way for you to win a Super Bowl is to go out and sign Kirk Cousins. That is the number one way I think the 49ers win a Super Bowl in this current window, unless they go out and draft a quarterback. But personally, I don't feel confident enough for them to develop that guy. So that's my option. If they draft a quarterback, hey, I, I got I to gotta take a little quick lock. Because if they draft a quarterback next year, the odds of him playing are slim to none. If you didn't play your number third, uh, three overall pick, you aren't playing a rookie quarterback, which means – the only way they win a su- damn Super Bowl is if the 49ers could have a thousand, a 1,500-yard rusher and another rusher who rushes for 800 yards, and the defense is the greatest defense we've ever seen. And I think the defense is going to take a step back, unfortunately. And now when I say a step back, now, everyone's like, well, they're still going to be a top 10. Absolutely, we're still going to be a top 10 defense. But what we saw from the 49ers' defense from, from the last seven, eight, last eight games was one of the best teams I've ever, one of the best defense I've ever, ever seen. Two and a half turnovers a game, like, it was unfair. Like, we were honestly suffocating opposing offenses. And to me, that's the only way you win a championship um, under the Kyle Shanahan regime because he clearly doesn't want to go up um, with the quarterback and win offensively. Like, that's not what he wants to do, unfortunately, which makes me question, like, are you really an offensive guru then? Because, like, as an offensive guru, you want to score as many points as you can. You want to go in and tell everyone that's what my offense just did. Unfortunately, he kind of trying to be a a coach that has a stacked defense, and I think that's the only way they win the Super Bowl under the Kyle Shanahan regime. If they have a fifteen hundred yard rusher, um, and then the running back two or running back three rush for eighteen uh, eight hundred yards, and you have an elite defense, I think that's the only way um, the Forty ers win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years because. One, Trent Williams isn't getting younger. He probably retires after this year, um, which likely makes the offensive line um, even weaker than it is right now. Colton McKivitz, we don't know what he is. If he becomes a good tackle, cool. Um, that means we have a starting right tackle. But I, I really believe um, the offensive line and, and, and the quarterback play are going to be preventing from the 49ers from winning a Super Bowl ring. And shout out to Sunil. Shout out to Rohan. I appreciate you guys, man. Make sure everyone is subscribed to both of those channels. Um, if you guys are on their channels, come over to Clutch Gene Sports channel as well. Hit the subscribe button, but I appreciate you guys for, for being here. So make sure if you're listening, you are subscribed to their channels. 100%. Um, I do have to ask. Oh, I thought you were I thought you were closing off. I was no, like, no, I no, thought no, you were no, ready. Because no. then I was like, then let me talk. Let me talk. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, ready? Talk your talk, man. All right. So here's where I, once again, I'm just like, I'm looking off, and I think you guys are way better at analyzing the X's and O's than I am, but I'm just looking at what the numbers and what I saw, right? These are all 
feelings, maybe a little bit of facts. The 49ers under Brock Purdy were scoring anywhere from 28 to 31 points per game. You say the defense is going to take a step back, Marco. I actually think the defense could stay the same, if not even get better, because they plugged in a weakness with Javon Hargrave that wasn't there last year. Right now, they should Sorry, be able. Real quick, are you clarifying? Teacher? Because I know me and him were talking about twenty-four. Are you clarifying for this year or next year? Both this year, I think. Oh, but yeah. this year, okay. Even even then. So can I can I make a statement about sure. the Javon Hargrave? Um, it actually makes your run defense worse. Make your pass rush is a lot better, but your run defense is worse. So if I'm a if I'm a team in the playoffs or I'm a team that's trying to beat you and I have a good run game, I'm running right at Javon Hargrave. Whoever else, if Kevin Gibbons is in there, running right at him. Who's your uh, your defensive end opposite of Bosa? I'm attacking him too. So like, well, who was the guy that was much better at stopping the run that on the team last year that wasn't here, that's not here this year? Uh, there was no good run run exactly. stopper there. So that's I what think I'm he's focusing more on DJ Jones, who we lost in 21. Yeah, but what I'm saying last year's rush defense. So you were he he said this year, last year's this year's defense will take a step back from last year's defense. So what I'm saying is based off of the personnel. The only legitimate player that I think we lost was Jimmy Ward. I think we've upgraded on the defensive line. This, uh, the uh, Obviously, the um, linebackers are the same. I think the corners will actually play better and safeties will play better. Extra year with Hofunga, um, extra year with uh, Lenore plus Wilkes, that's his specialty. I think that this defense could actually take a step forward. The, the offensive line where you're saying there's a lot of question marks in a year older of Trent Williams, I look at it like 80% of an offensive line um, last year that was a top 10 offensive line is coming back. That continuity we didn't have the year before, right? This year they're actually coming in with that continuity. We have a full year of, of CMC now plus a training camp with CMC. We have um, you know two, th- two or three running backs that are stepping up to mention that the running game needs to be stronger. Brandon Ayuk about to be even more elite. Debo looking healthier than uh, he's ever been. So I look at it and I'm like, well, this same offensive team under Brock Purdy was averaging like 31 points per game. The defense could actually take a step further. So I'm looking at it and being like, why can't this team win a Super Bowl? Why are we so down on this team when this same roster actually has, I believe, gotten better? And all of those pieces had us believing that last year they had a chance to win a Super Bowl. It wasn't, it was, but only after our starting quarterback had a freak injury that all of a sudden, all of us thought that we could beat the Eagles. We knew it was going to be tough. I did not. I will be. Yeah, I, I, I picked against the 49ers too, but I didn't think that it would, if, if the 49ers won, I wouldn't have been shocked. Like, but I'm saying we thought we had a chance. Now, all of a sudden, we're saying there's no chance. And I look at it and I'm like, the defense should be better based off of just the free agent acquisitions we made. The offense should be better based off of the continuity that we're bringing back. Why are we so down on this team all of a sudden? Answer me that. Now, right. I can I can take this go over, ahead. Marco, if you want. You can go ahead. No, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. You go first. Now, it's not that there's no chance for this 49ers team to win a Super Bowl. I don't, I don't agree with that. But I do believe the odds are against the 49ers. And I thought that as well last year in the Eagles game. And if the 49ers had advanced, I would have probably picked the Chiefs to win that game as well. I think, though, this year when you look at this team overall, it's a number of it's a, it's a variety of factors. One, I thought the quarterback ceiling last year was higher at the beginning of the season to where I thought the 49ers had a chance to win the Super Bowl. 
because if you're talking about Trey Lance and his development through 17 weeks, which we've already seen, like, you know, glimpses of improvements through just two weeks of the preseason. If you talk about his development through 17 weeks, that was why I was, you know, that's why I was high on the draft pick when the 49ers selected him and really would have been high on many quarterbacks. Unfortunately, the injury occurred. And from there, that's when I thought the championship window had gone thrown out. Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo both had some rejuvenation periods and really uh, rushed some excitement back into this team. But still, thought the 49ers would fall short. And it's not like it's not like with me saying they're not going to win a Super Bowl, I don't think that they can go to the NFC Championship. I don't think they can go to the Super Bowl. That's not my goal. I just don't think they're going to win it all this year. And if you talk about this year to last year, the offensive line, it is going to have a downgrade. I mean, people can say the unknowns about Colton McKibbitts, and sure, we don't know, but it is going to be a downgrade. If Colton McKibbitts was your – if he was better than Michael Glinchey, he would have been starting last year. That's that's just a known fact in general. You start your best players. Colton McKibbitts is a downgrade overall. You can – sure, you can say Aaron Banks. You can say, you know, those guys can develop a little more and things like that. That is obviously the case. But I do think Trent Williams also does take a step back. Uh, you know, I saw. I thought I saw some some glimpses of it. I think he does take a step back. I think you have a downgrade at right tackle. And it's, Rohan, it's, yeah, he was the he's the number what three ranked player, four ranked player in the NFL last year. What signs have we seen that he's taken hey, a step no, back? Hey, I'll, I'll I'll step in and, and, and mention it too. When I was at camp, so the last couple of years that we've had Trent Williams that I've been in camp, I haven't seen someone beat uh, Trent Williams unless it's uh, Nick Bosa. When I, when I was seeing guys beat Trent Williams, guys that Clean Clean Farrell, uh, I see I saw who else did I see beat him? Um, Drake Jackson, uh, someone else too. Uh, was it Austin Bryant? Might have been Austin Bryant. Like they're beating him, it was like, and it wasn't even like a, okay, a almost beat. Like it was like, oh god damn! Like who's that? Like literally, if I would have never known who those players were, I'm like, damn, those dudes are like studs, right? So I do. So I will give Re- uh, Rohan that. Like. There was some like other like, watching. Okay, but you guys, he he said last season. No, 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 no. I'm this saying, season, saying, I'm saying this season. I'm saying. Oh, this okay, season. go ahead. But, like over, like I'm saying, step back from last season is what yeah. I mean. But overall, like my my take was more so for 2024. But if we're talking specifically for 2023 as well, if you're talking about areas this team has taken a step back, you're, you can argue definitely defensive line depth clearly has taken a step back. I mean, obviously the front end talent has been valuable, but the thing the 49ers have depended on is when a, a number of players have gotten injured, you can rely on some of that defensive line depth that they've had in the past. I don't think that that's there overall, but I think more so it's the minute changes alongside keeping the same roster. You know, the minute changes in drop-offs alongside keeping the same roster that prevent the 49ers from winning the Super Bowl. But ultimately, in my opinion, ultimately, it comes down to the position that I've highlighted the most, and that's quarterback. I'm going to say the reason uh, – the question was, like, why we, we regress and why there's no reason we can make the Super Bowl. I'm going to say – and it's – I'm not putting – I'm not saying we can't. Like, I'm not going to straight up like the 49ers cannot win a Super Bowl. I just think the odds are against us, and, and it's going to be very hard to do so. But if I had a bet, I would say the 49ers wouldn't win the Super Bowl. Um, now, the reason is is the run defense will probably take a, take a step down. Um, now, if any of but based, the, off, based of off what market, based, well, off, based of, off of what, based off of Javon Hargrave getting more reps. Now you're gonna have Javon Hargrave in there getting more reps. I don't see Javon Hargrave playing every down. I don't see Eric Armstead playing every down, especially if you want them to be healthy. You, also and, you want them to be healthy uh, going into the playoffs. Now, if that happens, you have Kevin Givens who is terrible against the run and absolutely like atrocious against the run. 
Javon Kinlaw has been in the past couple of years that we've seen him against run gets thrown off the club. Um, so if you're looking at the run defense, the best run defender on the field at all times is going to be Arik Armstead and Nick Bosa. Can you play those guys every snap? Because if you're if you're constantly playing them, we've seen the injury history with Arik Armstead. You don't want to over overplay Nick Bosa because he it is going to wear him down throughout the season. Um, now. Can I can I just ask you a question yeah, because course, I just course. want to stick with the run game because early in last season the 49ers got gashed in their run game as well and then in the second half of the season they were the number one rushing defense in the league. You remember that change happening? I absolutely because And Eric Armstead came in, right? Yeah. What I'm saying is we now we have Eric Armstead the whole season and uh Javon Hargrave and um you know Nick Bosa I look at it like, okay, if the, if we were the number one rush defense, now we got even better along the defensive line. All of those backup players you mentioned were the same players that were here last season as well when we were the number one rush defense. So what is it about – I'm just trying to – It's Javon Hargrave. It's straight up Javon Hargrave. He's not so a good rush So he's worse than who was starting last yeah, season. Yeah, absolutely. As a run, so as who, a run was start, who was starting over him last season? Who was the guy next to Ark Armstead that's better at rush defense than Javon uh, Hargrave? Javon Kinlaw was was one of them. He was a better run defender. And, so he's still he, on the team, but he's not going to be your starter when he's in the when when you're on 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 the on first downs. You're most likely going to have a lot of teams running the ball on us on first downs because Javon Hargrave is in. Javon Hargrave, a great signing, great player as a pass rusher. The reason why the the Philadelphia Eagles went in, and drafted uh, what was it, the kid from Georgia, not not Carter, the kid before Davis, was because because. Uh, Hargrave wasn't a good run defender. They wanted to put someone in there to help the run. So for me, great signing of the pass rusher, but the, the defense is going to take a step back in the run defense. Javon Kimmel in the last two years, even though how how he's better, he wasn't a good run defender. He never has been in, in the past, and since he's getting gone to the NFL. Kevin Givens isn't a run, run defender. Your third string defensive tackle, Ty McGill, if he makes the roster, is a better run defender than the other three. So for me, we're looking at it like, well, the run defense is going to struggle. So that means if your run defense struggles, that means your defense is on the field a lot longer. Now, that means your defense will probably regress from a number one defense to somewhere around, I would say, probably 7 to 10. Um, now, they could end up being the best defense, and I could be 100% wrong. And putting yeah, in I just don't armset. understand your argument because, like, you're, you just said Javon Kimla is terrible, but Javon Kimla would be part of a – number one rushing defense, which the 49ers were last season in the second half, right when Ark Armstead came back. So now all of a sudden, Javon Hargrave, who's a better player than Kinlaw, he's, he's might, not be as good the run, might not be as well, but all of a sudden that one move is going to take us from the number one rushing defense because it's not Kinlaw to uh, whatever you're saying right now. Like that to me isn't now, an argument that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I, I see what you mean, Sneil, but I do think it's more than just one thing. First, I think that Hargrave, right, we've said it. He's not the best run defender. I also think that there are two key other moves that the 49ers are going to miss. One, the loss of Samson Ebucom now creates a rushing lane to the outside where teams are going to consistently test Drake Jackson as a, as a run defender. And if you put Cleveland Farrell in there, 
you're not going to have the elite pass rusher that you 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 used to have in you know either uh you know in in Charles Omenihu either you know it, it's like neither of I, them were elite right actually Charles Omenihu was actually the, the defense yeah, if you look at it he was the number 12 in terms of pass rush win rate he was the 12th highest ranked player in the NFL last year if you're sure, talking about but it. that came from being part of this he wasn't that before he came to the 49ers he wasn't he was a sixth he they, he, they got him for a sixth round pick or a seventh round pick right so what i'm saying is let's put things into perspective charles amena who nobody looked at him as like that's the missing piece like he came in but got it's developed. also because he was used incorrectly in houston and said that he was used better here which is why when you go back you know and is but what i'm saying is the, that wasn't a player that we looked at penciled in this is going to be why our defense is this elite I don't know if we've seen that player. We didn't know that about him in the offseason. We didn't look at him and be like, he's that piece last year. I think that we're we're brushing off that the 49ers always have a piece like that. That comes in, we weren't expecting him, and then all of a sudden the, they, they fill in a role extremely well because of the, the this defensive scheme and the talent around that defense. I think that's fair. I personally believe that's putting too much on what we've done in the past versus the talent we have right now. We say that there's that guy that we believe could, you know, break out because Kosarek does that. I don't think that there's that talent on this on like in the in the in the depth room right now. And you I don't think, think Drake Jackson is that talent? No. I, I don't think that he's a talent like Charles O'Menahue in terms of a pass rusher. No, I don't. No. I, I don't like I think that he's raw right now as a pass rusher. He could certainly develop as the year goes along, but there's a reason that there's a realistic possibility he's not going to be your week one starter. I think Cleveland Farrell has a better shot to start week one because he's a better all around player. I thought that was more because of injury, but no, I think it's it's more because he was a better player. And I think the last move that I'll say is Jimmy Ward. The loss of Jimmy Ward, I think, is going to be an important part because of how stout of a tackler he was. That nickel position is one that you have to think about. I agree, but I also I also think we're we're being extremely hyperbolic that this is going to be like this significant drop. I personally think, I don't think it's a significant so, drop. So I'll say yeah. I'll put it this way: I think it's more likely that the 49ers are a top three defense this year than a a, a, a five to ten defense this year. I don't think that they're the team's makeup is that much significantly worse than last year. I actually think all the positions have upgraded um, outside of maybe that nickel position. So, And that's just because I'm looking at it based off of the pieces that we've made. Everybody's going to get a year better. And there's continuity on this team, which we didn't have last season. Last season, everybody was coming in. The offensive line was three brand new starters. The de the defense had all of these mixed in pieces and all that kind of stuff. It's not that way this year. So that's why I'm a little confused why people all of a sudden just think this team is going to fall so, apart. So I'll, I'll use uh, defensive value of adjustment uh, for the – and I won't include the, the championship game um, because now the reason why I won't include it, and I'm going to explain why, because – with no quarterback, team the uh, the Eagles were able to run the ball no matter what. They didn't even matter. So I wouldn't include that one because even though how bad the defensive line looked against a team that could run the ball, it looked pretty bad. Like it, it wasn't even like no question but about it. Um, we were the eighth eighth ranked defense against the rush uh, during the playoffs in the wild card and in the divisional round. So for me, that's where it matters, right? Like, and we're gonna make the playoffs. Uh, this team is making the playoffs. But where it really matters, where teams will, will run the ball on you, is in the playoffs. And I think that's where it'll completely 
show show up because if you're looking at the 49ers, if you include the championship game, they dropped down. I believe to, oh, it was like 11th last time. I, let me check. Let me add it to the DVOA. Uh, yeah, dropped down to 11th. So it's like, uh, that's why I think the 49ers defense takes a step back because, again, Charles and many who played defensive tackle a lot, he was a better run defender than Javon Kinlaw. He's a better run defender. Well, that's when we started seeing as well as the Arik Armstead come in. We saw Charles Menehue play inside a little bit. Um, I think the 49ers defense takes a step back. I get why you don't, because they still have the studs around them. Uh, I mean, I think the back end uh, could be better. However, I think Jimmy Ward was such an important player um, to the 49ers defense in the back end. That being able to, to take away the slot, which is one of the hardest uh, positions to cover in the NFL, because you have the ability to break in and out. I think that is going to be a very impactful thing. Who replaces him? If it's Isaiah Oliver, oh, geez, we're in trouble, right? If it's – no, I don't know who else it could be. I think it's um, going to be Lenore, and they're going to move Womack to the outside on well, those Is that a dual from, role? It'll be – Might be a dual, but uh, from, I don't know. From, from what we've heard, it's actually Ambry Thomas that is going to be the first guy outside over Samuel Womack. Now, does Sam does Ambry Thomas go back to his old self? Like, a lot of things are in factor, but I do know that – We'll probably end it here just because I know we're already at an hour 20. Uh, a good way to get your um, three first-round draft picks back is uh, to trade Nick Bosa. See y'all. <laughs> no, I'm just, I was going to end it like that, but I'm just kidding. I don't want people to think I'm for real. Um, but that's a topic for another day on extending Bosa. But, hey, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, Shout-out to Sunil and Roja for hopping on with me. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe to Sunil and Roja's personal channels. If you're on their channel, come to Clutch Gene Sports personal channel and uh, make sure you guys subscribe to there. Um, you guys got anything going on? Y'all want to plug this week? Anything happening? Nah. How close are you to 500, Marco? Uh, I'm like at four. I want to say 420, 425. I haven't checked in the, in the, uh, since uh, a couple days ago, since Monday. Get Marco to 500. Get Marco to 500. That's what it is. Get me to 500. Y'all heard it there first. Get me to 500. Quick um, thing to plug. I'm with my brother Vish tomorrow. <laughs> Sometime during the day, that'll be a fun show. My last one before moving setups. I'm going to college. Yes, sir. Enjoy college. Enjoy your year. You got anything plug in, uh, Sunil? Nah, man. Just I just want to make sure that the 49er faithful stop jumping off the bandwagon, all this like negative self-talk. Like, if you want the positivity, keep it in perspective. Come to So Real Sports Talk, but we keep it Damn. so real. Unemotional. Just straight logic and facts. Those are shots at me, but I keep it clutch. I, I, keep, it, <laughs> I keep it clutch. You know what I'm saying? The clutch gene's in my it's in it's in my DNA right here. Um, I talk clutch gene players. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Uh, make sure I go subscribe tomorrow. I'll probably I'll probably go live. Um, Friday I will have my weekly show with uh, Josh Harper, former NFL player, played for the Raiders for a year, played in the uh, Canadian Football League, um, as well as uh, a Fresno State legend. So make sure y'all tune in. Um, come subscribe so y'all don't miss that one. At least if you miss Thursdays, it's just me. So you don't want to miss what Josh Harper says, man. Hey, thank y'all. Peace out.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.